Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 31st of March 2011. Newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and help yourself to the audios which are available for free download. There's hundreds to choose from and hopefully I give you shortcuts to understanding this big picture of what appears to be confusion sometimes but it's not really. It's just we're kept in the dark at the bottom as mushrooms and fed a lot of nonsense they call the news. It's been like that your whole lives. And really, we're not be the truth about anything coming out of government. That's really the government's job, is to obfuscate everything, make it very muddy, you see, and make sure we get the wrong opinion about things. So hopefully I can show you the big organizations and foundations and the NGOs, and the, the, there's, so, there's thousands of them out there all working towards this global uh, socialist-type system of governance, as I like to call it, where there's interdependence, which means there's no independence whatsoever, right down to the personal level. And you'll be basically going to private corporations in the future who will dole out your food, they'll charge you massive amount of money to, for your little bit of power you're, you're going to get that week. And in other words, they're bringing you back to a form of serfdom worldwide. And that's really what the big plan is. And it was started a long time ago by literally international bankers that formed, eventually they, they formed what they called the Royal Institute of International Affairs. They had names before that for previous centuries, uh, such as the Milner Group and so on. But uh, it's it the same bunch down through the centuries, working towards a particular goal. And remember, too, if you want transcripts, they're all available at all the sites you'll see at cuttingthroughmedics.com for download and print-up as well. And if you want uh, transcripts of the, some of the talks in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu and help yourself from the choice offered. Remember, I, you're the audience that bring me to you, so I don't bring on advertisers here to sell you anything. And therefore, uh, hopefully you'll support me by buying the books and discs I've got posted at cuttingthroughmedics.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, personal check is good. An international postal money order is good as well from your post office. You can also send cash or you can use PayPal. Use the PayPal button on the com site and follow it with an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Cross the rest of the world, Western Union, MoneyGram. Uh, some people send cash, and again, uh, PayPal to order. Use the donation button. And remember, too, that the straight donations are certainly welcome because it's very, very expensive, as we all know. We just burn up cash as we go through these days, don't we, as inflation comes in all the time, the creeping inflation. Sometimes it's in leaps and bounds, but it's coming in all the time, and everyone's going to get used to it. There's some articles I'll even read tonight about that, too because big CEOs of stores are now warning about inflation and even some of them are calling it hyperinflation is due to come because of the massive debt incurred uh, by the U.S. Uh, bankers and stockbrokers and so on and the bailouts of the banks and plus the, the ongoing wars. There's so many wars America's involved in right now, it's just astonishing. And to the average American and person of the world, that is too, it's like a, a, it's like Disneyland. It's like a bad dream because we, we can't really separate fact from fiction now. 
We've seen so much horror and slaughter in the movies that it's just the same when you see a little bit on the screen. Uh, we can't really tell the fact from fiction, and that's all deliberate too, because it's, we're desensitized to the realities of real people really getting slaughtered by your tax money. And of course you have no say where your tax money goes either, but again, that's all part of the real system in which you're born. It's not a democratic system at all, it's an authoritarian system, and as I say, the job of the government is to make sure that you never understand what's really going on. That truly is its job. And they have massive panels, every government has this, massive panels of specialists in psychology, mass psychology, to make sure that you don't really ever know what's really going on. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. And I really mean it when I say we live in Disneyland because that's what we've been brought up with really is just mainly fiction. And when it comes to any main problem, we get it on the news where two experts supposedly debate it for us. And depending on your personality type, you'll take either one or the other's answer and that'll become your opinion. And this is well understood in psychology, of course. And Brzezinski's gone through all this in his own books, in fact, how the masses work. And it, it does work very well. When you take on these opinions that are, are given to you, uh, then you'll actually get angry when someone challenges them. They know that too. And you might even turn on people with a different opinion that hasn't been on the mainstream media, and you'll turn on them too. And that happens all the time. Uh, you have to be really, really careful where you really are or how you're forming your opinions. Most people don't really form them. As, as Jack C. Lull says, they take them by osmosis. It so, almost soaks into them as they're hypnotized watching television, and that's where their behavior is modified too. They emulate what they see. They, when new words, terms are brought into the vocabulary, generally swear words and so on, they start using them as well. So did the children. And, but the behavior too is copied and uh, it's a, a very effective tool for mind control. It's really created, uh, actually, the, the sexual revolution, the feminist revolution, all the other revolutions we've gone through, which are fairly bloodless revolutions, as most are, to totally change the culture of society a la Karl Marx. Uh, has been very successful, and the TV was essential in doing it because people never associated with uh, entertainment, of course, with Marxism. And it's to watch one comedy after another and watch the family values literally get trampled into the mud. That's, that's what's happened. But tonight uh, I was thinking about Japan because Japan is no different than any other country in the way that it's ruled. And I remember putting up the link to do from the Frenchman in uh, in Tokyo, who was stuck inside his apartment with the tapes on the windows and doors, uh, really having what we'd all have, I suppose, um, as a, a, a kind of tizzy fit, knowing darn well that the governments were lying to the people, and he demanded to know the truth. Because after all, you see, if you know the truth, then you have to make a decision whether to expose yourself to the radiation that was in the air at that time and run for it, uh, rather than wait there. And if you wait there now, of course, it's going to be much, much higher than it was at the beginning. So, because all the, the reactors have melted down, basically. And they're still smoking. They've gone through the earth and into the groundwater, too. And it's the first time in history that um, they haven't just gone in like they did at uh, Chernobyl. The second day there, I think, and they started to bulldoze in earth and then the cement, the concrete, you did in, too. 
and use different layers of staff to try and keep the, the radiation limited to that particular area. And that hasn't happened here. We've watched this go on for about two weeks now as this stuff goes around the globe and goes up uh, through San Francisco into the States, covers all the States, even branches off into Alaska. And then it comes across Lake Ontario, circles about there for a little while, and then goes over to the West Coast, the East Coast, and then it goes into Atlantic and then over to Europe. So we watch this every day, and you wonder why on earth uh, this has been allowed to continue so long. Is it just uh, a private firm's decisions? Really, is that what it is? Is that really the power that they have? Or are they under some United Nations Atomic Energy Commission orders or whatever? But something is very, very wrong with it to last this long, especially with the damage it's obviously going to do and has done already. This article here is on about the same thing from the mail. It says police and rescue workers and family members could be exposed to radiation. And it says um, up to 1,000 bodies of victims of the Japan earthquake and tsunami have not been collected because of fears of higher levels of radiation. Police sources said the bodies within a 12-mile evacuation zone around the crippled Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plants had been exposed to high levels of radiation after death. And so is every other creature living otherwise. It follows the discovery of a body Sunday in Okuma, just three miles from the the power plant, which revealed elevated levels of radiation. And it says it's too dangerous. And they show you a photograph and so on. Fears have now been raised that police officers, doctors, and bereaved family members may be exposed to radiation as they go to retrieve the bodies. That's how bad this stuff is. You're scared to go anywhere near them. Japan today said authorities initially planned to inspect the bodies after transporting them outside the evacuation zone, but that is now being reconsidered. And what they'll end up doing probably is bring in the heavy machinery eventually and they'll bury the bodies along with the plants. So that's what they should be doing anyway. That's what they did elsewhere when this sort of thing happens. It says thousands of people have been forced to leave the area around the plant, which is leaking radioactive materials as its cooling systems failed. <laughs> failed. They were absolutely kaput from the beginning. Uh, and then it says cremating the bodies could spread radiation further, while burying the victims could also cause contamination in the soil. And um, it goes on and on and on. However, this is what would happen in any, any, other, any other country. You'd be managed the same way because initially your, your government would come out to try and soothe you. Because, you see, they, they talk to us as though we're children. They believe we are children. And if you were up there with them, you'd believe the same thing because you're taught to perceive reality in a different way up there, you see. And um, they know darn well that what they give us is reality down there, means us children. And they, their, their job then is to always soothe you, generally as they plunder and rob you with taxation and stuff, and, um, and put high prices on things, is to just keep soothing you and soothing you. Uh, and then when a catastrophe happens, their job is still to soothe you, because they don't know what else to do. That's what they normally do with everything, is to soothe you and say, there, there, it's all right. And it could be anywhere in the country, this, in the world this happened, and you would get the same scenario would happen. And I've always said it, when the government tells you that everything's fine, it's time to run for it. It's time to run for it when the government tells you something like this is fine. And you've got to use your own common sense and, and don't wait to be told by government what to do. By the time they come round and admit anything, it's, it's way too late. That's, that will be standard everywhere, believe you me. And they have found this elsewhere in the world too, with radiation leaks from big plants. And then it goes on to 
The Wall Street Journal, it says the Environmental Protection Agency said a March 25 sample of milk produced in the Spokane, Washington area contained 0.8 picocuries per litre level of iodine-131, which is said was less than one five thousandth of the safety guidelines set by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Well, we know they upped the safety level just the other day, so I guess, so they don't tell you if it's a new level or the old level, you see. And it says it increased monitoring after radiation leaked from Japan's Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plant expects more such findings in coming days, but in amounts far below levels of public health concern. Well, I don't believe them about that, too, because there, there is no safe level of this stuff. There's no safe level of it. They all know this, too, at the top. There's no safe level of this kind of radiation. doesn't matter what kind it is, by the way. It's been released from this plant whether it's cesium or, or the iodine or whatever, it doesn't matter. They're all pretty deadly. It accumulates in your body rather quickly and does the damage rather quickly too. Anyway, it says, um, it's iodine-131 is a half-life about eight days, meaning levels should fade quickly. It, actually, it's more than eight days. It depends how much there is per liter at the time. It says these findings are a minuscule amounts compared to what people experience every day. Again, we're back to minuscule and tiny and all that kind of stuff, you see, because I don't want to give you what, what's, uh, how it's been tested in the past. Believe you me, and I put articles up here to show you when this, the government was using secret testing of radiation on patients whom they lied to. They told them I should diagnose them back in the 50s and 60s in the U.S., told them they had uh, cancers and they were going to treat them with a, a special radioactive, radioactive um, injections. And I've got links up there where you see these guys in the suits, the full hazmat suits, uh, giving injections to these people who were lied to. They were disposable, of course. And they know exactly how much of every kind. They've tested these over many, many years on people to find out how much it takes to kill you or to alter your cellular structure through mutation. They know all this stuff, all of it. Anyway, so for example, a person would be exposed to low levels of radiation on a round trip. Oh, here they go again with their nonsense about flying and on watching television and, and, and la-di-la. So that's back to be happy children, you see. But that's what you get, you see, nonsense like that, uh, as they try and keep you all happy. But after all, the economy comes first, you know. They don't want you saying, well, I guess the game's up, I'll just stay home. <laughs> or take a month off and enjoy life for a change while I've still got some. And then, of course, Japan too. It says tainted seafood fear is spread as Japan plant leaks. And um, it says that the fears about contaminated seafood spread Wednesday despite reassurances that radiation in the waters off Japan's trouble atomic plant posed no health risk. Well, who's kidding? Who? Huh? As the country's respected emperor consoled evacuees from the, the tsunami and nuclear emergency zone. Well, experts say radioactive experts, eh? I'll, I'll tell you one thing. They won't be eating any of these fish. They're, they're telling you you're safe to eat. They say radioactive particles are un- unlikely to build up significantly in fish. Well, unlikely is not a guarantee. <laughs> the seafood concerns in the country that gave the world sushi are yet another blemish for brand Japan. By the way, they've already found it in seaweed uh, off of British Columbia, the west coast of Canada, a few days ago there. And uh, it was radioactive iodine once again, you know. Uh, it has already been uh, hit by contamination of milk, vegetables and water, plus shortages of auto and tech parts after a massive quake and tsunami disabled a coastal nuclear power plant. And then they go on about the, the, what happened and so on. Then I'm talking to about the president who they, they think has uh, had a, a nervous breakdown. 
You'll never get that in the West either. It's just a, con- a national conscious there in Japan, and such a thing as shame makes them break down if they're in a high position, even managers of, of auto plants. You know. But uh, you'd never get that in the West. They would just get big smiles and go off and take more bribes. Anyway, it says the problems at the nuclear plant have taken center stage, but the tsunami also created another disaster. Hundreds of thousands of people were forced from their homes after the wave drove, blah, 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 blah. The official death toll stood at 11,362 late Wednesday, but with the final toll likely surpassing 18,000. That's going to be a lot more than 18,000 because they now have people with radiation poisoning. And they're coming in with bleeding gums and the usual symptoms, diarrhea, etc., uh, in different parts now of Japan. And that's what I'm saying. When the government sues you initially on anything at all, it's time to head for the hills or somewhere else, anywhere, anywhere else, except where you are, if that's in the danger zone or anywhere near it. Believe you me. That's what you should do. Run for the hills. Anybody's hills. Get in a boat, a fishing boat, and just keep rowing. Whatever. <laughs> Back after these messages with more of the news. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and talking about Japan and the, the, this massive tragedy they've got over there and the cost in human life and all the rest of it too, and the life to come as well as, as people come down sick with radiation poisoning. And um, he goes on to talk about the, the levels that they've found in, in the, the land outside the plant, and it says uh, that water's... Uh, 300 yards or meters outside the plant contain 3,355 times the legal limit for the amount of radioactive iodine. Now, they up to the safe limit by a 1,000%. And so if it's up to 3,355 times the new legal limits, well, it's awfully, awfully bad, isn't it? And then it said that, um, again, to the, the plate down, say, well, it's only got a half-life of eight days or so. And yada yada, the usual stuff. Well, how long does it take to, to get into your system and finish you off? Eh? But that's, that's quite quite the quite the techniques they're using here. And but it really has hit their, all their, their exports absolutely, and it's, it's affected even their own seafood industry within Japan because people are scared to eat the food, and um, they're already in a bad enough state economic wise. Uh, it's going to cost a fortune to get out of this mess, and it's not even over yet because. As I say, some of these plants are still melting into the ground here and fissioning off the stuff into the air. And it's just not the end of the story yet. It's been left way too late. They should have just bulldozed them in right away and then get in the concrete and all the usual stuff and try to localize it and keep it out of the air too. That's, that's vital. Now, there's another article too about uh, Japan, and it says... Um, and, and, and Canada and the States is rainwater and air across the U.S. contaminated with nuclear radiation is linked to Japan. They're awfully good, these experts. It says, so the low levels of radioactive iodine believed to be from Japan's uh, disaster-stricken Fukushima nuclear power plant have been detected in the atmosphere in South Carolina, North Carolina, and Florida, environmental officials said today. Well, as I say, yesterday they've already found it in Glasgow and Scotland and other places too, and they've found them across Canada. It says there's no current threat to public safety. It says Progress Energy spokesman Drew Elliott. This is the, the happy guy who does uh, behavior modification, you know, these power talks, be happy type of thing. 
Monitors that progressed energies, nuclear plants in Hartsville, South Carolina, and Crystal River, Florida, picked up low levels of radioactive iodine-131. So did Duke Energy's monitoring and its two nuclear facilities in South Carolina and the plant in Huntersville, North Carolina. And Mr. Elliott said if there were radiation coming from one of our own sites, we'd be seeing other types of radiation than iodine-131. Well, guess what? They actually find that uh, uh, on the European sites, where they've shown you uh, the cesium coming over the Pacific into Canada and the States, uh, they've been actually monitoring that, showing you on their, their, the colors on their maps. They've also shown you uh, the, the iodine as well. And various other uh, products too. There's hundreds of products come out of radiation, you know, from from, ura- from the uranium and plutonium. And uh, you don't just mention two of them because they're all lethal in the doses that they're pretty well in. So they're all coming across here, not just the iodine. So they're playing it down to the iodine. And they've been told, obviously, to do this across the media. It says the Nuclear Regulatory Commission and Environmental Protection Agency both say it poses no threat to public safety. And again, the EPA uh, also uh, gave us a new uh, safety limit, which is again a massive increase in what it was before. So uh, it says trace amounts of radioactive iodine also turned up in rainwater samples in Massachusetts, California, Pennsylvania and Washington State. And it's obviously in the milk as well because the cows eat the grass. That's what happened with Chernobyl too. The cows ate the grass, even as far away as Britain, where the path came over at one point, and uh, they, couldn't, they were told not to drink the milk for a while, and uh, otherwise were taking in various um, radiation uh, chemicals and so on. But that's what you live in. You live in a world of where they're not used to having to tell us any kind of truth. That They will not, therefore, get used to telling us any kind of truth, and they'll tell us baby stories until literally you drop and that's the purpose of government. Now, and well, actually, the purpose of government is to make sure the banks get what they want because that's who owns them. Walmart CEO uh, Bill Simon expects inflation. It's quite interesting, and this is USA Today. They're bringing out Walmart people, CEOs, to tell us about inflation. It says U.S. consumers face serious inflation in the months ahead for clothing, food, and other products. The head of Walmart's U.S. operations warned Wednesday. It says uh, the nation's largest retailer needs to get back to its roots as the lowest-priced one-stop shore, blah, 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 blah. Uh, who are one, they're part of the big New World Order to Walmart, too. These are the guys that put these uh, little ID threads in your clothing that you buy there, and they're tracked all over the planet with them. Anyway, it says here the nation's largest retailer needs to get back to its roots. The world's largest retailer is working with suppliers to minimize the effect of cost increases and believes its low-cost business model will position it better than its competitors. He says, though inflation is going to be serious, Walmart's U.S. CEO Bill Simon said during a meeting with USA Today's editorial board, we're seeing cost increases starting to come through a pretty rapid rate. As he's along with steep increases in raw material costs, John Long, a retail strategist, retail strategist, it's like a war, isn't it? Kurt Salmon says labor costs in China and fuel costs for transportation are weighing heavily on retailers. I don't know how labor costs in China, because all the documentaries that come out of China are showing them getting paid peanuts down, down there for, and the price for a pair of jeans to get made is about two bucks, over 150 even, some of them. He predicts prices will start increasing at all retailers in June. Every single retailer has and is paying more for the items they sell, and retailers will be passing some of these costs along. Well, they'll be passing them all along. He uh, says, except for fuel costs, U.S. consumers haven't seen much in the way of inflation for almost a decade. That's nonsense. So a broad-based increase in prices will be unprecedented in recent memory. Back with more after this break. 
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. Now we know that the G20, this private club that really is nobody's constitution, uh, to even have the right to exist, never mind deal with our lives, is all part of this big new global system. And that again was a, a brainstorm and a thing that came out of the Council on Foreign Relations, Relationship of International Affairs, uh, a long time ago. To Back in the 40s, they decided to set up uh, systems which would um, bring in a new financial uh, oligarchy across the planet. At least the power of the, of the same existing oligarchy would be cemented into a stranglehold eventually through the IMF, and that's why the IMF was created, a private organization, again, under the United Nations. And um, they work with the World Trade Organization, and they also come in when they've managed to bankrupt a country, and comes the IMF uh, on behalf of the World Bank, which is a collection of private bankers, and then they run your economy and they take massive profits or interest rates, I should say, same thing, uh, off the country they come into. But um, it's, when they, it's, it's so interesting to see when they make their big moves to change the system because all this was planned, and you'll find it in old books of the Royal Institute of International Affairs from the 1930s, that this was a plan uh, for the late uh, 20th century, early 21st century, to bring in a consolidation of a money supply under one major organization, under the United Nations. And now they call it the G20, is one part of it, you see. They started with the G8, just a different sort of thing, than the G20. Now, everybody knows that their presidents are no financial geniuses. We all know that. They're just front men and so on. So it's not the G20 that's really behind us. It says G20 considers a wider role for the China's yen. That's their currency. Well, they're not because, as I say, none of them are financial geniuses. It's the bankers who put them in who are telling them to basically go through and sign the forms to agree to all this new legislation for the world currency. But it says here, G20 leaders have moved towards agreeing that China's currency should have a wider role in global finance. The G20 is to study, they're too busy eating their faces off when you see them with the red carpets and all that stuff and getting drunk, aren't they? Where to include the Chinese yuan within the basket of currencies that make up the IMF's special drawing right. Now the special drawing right is a recent innovation from the IMF because as I say they're set up eventually to dole out the cash to each country. They also want the right to come into each country's uh, financial account records, their own personal ones, and go over the bookkeeping for every country and set you straight if they claim that, that it's not quite right. They're already doing that with Europe after the collapse of the, of the countries over there, the banks and so on. So we'll all go cap in hand to the IMF, this front group for the world bankers. It says... Um, and the special drawing right, or SDR, is a quasi-currency. Quasi what's a, a quasi-currency eh? used within the IMF by its member countries? Some economists believe the SDR could one day become a global reserve currency alongside the U.S. dollar. It says, speaking at the G20 summit in Nanjing, French President Nicolas Sarkozy suggested that given the importance of emerging economies such as China to global growth, their currencies should be added to the SDR basket. Without rules and supervision, the world runs the risk of being condemned to increasingly serious and severe crises, said President Sarkozy. Isn't it amazing? It's like the European Union. Everybody ends up in this great European Union. And they said it's going to be wonderful for everybody. And don't be left behind. If you don't join, join you'll be left. 
the only ones who, who, who haven't suffered are the ones who didn't join it because they, they haven't been bankrupted by being in it. It's astonishing the lies they tell them, you know, uh, at the time to get in and then what they do to them afterwards. It's just astonishing. And here they go again uh, with, with special drawing rights, trying to get everybody to go along with it and how wonderful it will be for you. Meanwhile, you're paying off other countries' debts and bankrupting yourself in the process if you belong to this great Soviet Union. It says, it's clear that we must evolve towards a more flexible exchange rate system that will allow us to withstand shocks. He added, utter rot because we've been plundered by the, the banks and will continue at least twice a century. That's, that's the norm. That's what they do. His comments were backed by U.S. Treasury Secretary Timothy Geithner, who said he supported a change to SDR composition. Well, of course he does, because all the central banking systems were set up and owned initially by the Rothschilds, the brothers. Still are. The only countries that are not under a central banking system that borrows money from private banks, the other Rothschilds special banks, you see. It's like the Rothschilds borrowing from themselves, in a sense putting you down as collateral though. The only countries who haven't done it are the ones who, who are getting bombed right over right now in the Middle East. That's the only countries that didn't belong to the World Bank and, and the IMF. Over time we believe that currencies of large economies heavily used in international trade and financial transactions should become a part of the SDR basket, he said. That must mean we'll all be basket cases. However, Mr. Geithner said that for this to happen, governments would have to loosen their control of currencies. Again, loss of sovereignty is a vital part of every step they take, these guys, to bring in this world, which they run and own uh, and, and under the guise of interdependence, meaning you're, you're dependent on everyone else for anything you need to survive personally. That's what that means. To achieve this objective, the concerned countries should have flexible exchange rate systems, independent central banks, that means private again, and permit the free movement of capital flows, he said. Geithner said tight control of currency pricing by some countries was hurting the global economy. <laughs> and then French finance minister Christine Lagarde also suggested that any move to include the yen within the SDR basket would involve conditions being placed upon the Chinese authorities. Now, again, if you look at the, the books by the, the Council on Foreign Relations, Royal Institute of International Affairs, some of them, by the way, they snuck under the title of the British Commonwealth, but when you open it up, it's, it was funded and paid for, it says, by the Rockefeller Foundation, and it, and it consists of the Royal Institute of International Affairs. And in the 30s, they were talking, before World War II started, uh, of bringing China up to, uh, to a, a very high standard, eventually, again, near the end of the 20th century, and, and even making a, a, a giant of commerce and a giant of production. Well, in other words, they, they've decided to give it all, be the only producer on the planet for real th- items that you buy. They actually make them there. We just buy them in. So there's nothing happening that's not in the script, you see. Nothing at all happening. And they love these things happening with reactors and so on because uh, when the blood's flowing in the street, as Rothschild said, that's when they, they make their killing, their money the biggest money. And these guys are the same too. When we're all distracted with wars in Libya and all the rest of it, inflation coming down the pike like crazy and everything going on up in the stores, including your food and radiation floating over you, here they, here they are ramming all these things through. It's the greatest time that the, because we're, we're, we're too preoccupied with fear. That's what we're, we're supposed to be fearful, you see, right now as they go through all this strategy. 
because you see they're ticking off all their plans on the list there. Tick, tick, tick. Oh yeah, okay, we're doing that. Oh, they haven't noticed this one yet. Tick, tick, tick. And that's how they do it. Big business plan, long term. And remember, under the United Nations Charter, it says that every nation, every people will get the minimum of health care, right? And I've said for years, I'm, when they mean minimum, they mean minimum. This is part of the depopulation program. Anything that comes out of the United Nations is to do with population control and world government. It says, this new health bill that put out in England will abolish the English National Health Service. There's hardly anything left of it as it is. It says it amounts to the abolition of the English National Health Service as a universal and publicly accountable service, uh, people in academics have, have warned. Professors Alison Pollock of Barts and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry argued that the BMJ, that the bill means uh, providers are free to charge for some elements of care that are currently national health services. In other words, if you aren't stinking rich now, you, you, you ain't going to get much of a service at all. Providers will have extraordinary discretionary powers to define entitlement to the National Health Service provision and charge patients, she wrote. So that's one of them. And then it goes on in another article here to say rationing of health services across Europe, the whole of Europe. You know, it's wonderful, giant, you enjoy it, you won't be left behind and all that stuff, and it'll be so wonderful for you. They're bankrupt now, and now they're slashing their health services. are going to ration it out. The cost of health care across Europe is rising faster than the government's ability to fund it. Utter rubbish because you can fund everything else. According to a report by the Economist Intelligence Unit, it says um, the report shows that health costs are rising faster than funding, they say. Health spending will continue to rise due to inflation, but also because the government's realized better public health boosts economic growth. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? They're going to cut your, all their, your health care. Uh, but they realize that better public health boosts economic growth. Eh? So countries with universal health care models, however, will be forced to ration care and consolidate health care facilities, the report predicts. That means in a long private chains. That's where it's all to go. Like, like chain stores, only be chain hospitals for the, for the highest buck and the poor dying and all the rest of it, and the elderly will probably be given euthanasia. It predicts that GPs will become ever more important as gatekeepers to the wider health systems in European countries and as coordinators of treatment for patients with multiple long-term conditions. In other words, the general practitioners, you have to bribe them. That's how you got through in the Soviet countries. You have to bribe them to get anything done. And that's exactly what's coming down the pike here. Now, there's a caller on, a couple of callers on the phone. There's Darlene from Colorado. We should take them now if Darlene's there. Are you there, Darlene? Hello? Um, Hello? I, can you yeah. hear me? Yes, I can, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm glad that you're talking about health care right now because um, the first thing that you were talking about was the radiation from the nuclear reactors. Uh, I think it was the day that we heard about it, there was a person from the CFR that was on the radio literally yelling at people saying, you people are stupid. If you think that you're going to be protected by taking potassium iodide, Mm -hmm. and because of you buying it all up, there's none left for the people in Japan. Yeah, 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 (laughs) I know, I know, yeah. That's their attitude, isn't it? It's so disgusting. Mind you, they have plenty for government emergency services and so on to keep them all going. 
and the, the Tavistock Institute, believe me, uh, has made sure they've got theirs, and so has the CFR, and so has the United Nations, again, another body that's supposed to have abundant stocks to spread out across the world if, if they need it. Uh, Canada has two, but they haven't given any out to the public. But you can bet your bottom dollar we've top politicians on something better than, than potassium iodide, believe you me. Uh, because they have drugs way above that that uh, are meant to stop your genes from mutating when it comes in, in contact with radiation. And these, these kind of things are, are kind of hush-hush, but they, they do exist in higher levels, and they certainly have them for themselves. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I wanted to mention is the uh, health care. I really feel that the health care isn't really caring for anybody. It's just they've invested so much in um, invasive procedures um, mm-hmm. and pharmaceuticals yeah. that it's like they're actually making people sick. Well, they are. They are. For every everything that you take, any medication you take, there's always some kind of side effect. There's no doubt. Yeah. There's always a price that you pay. You pay a price for everything that, that uh, gives you any kind of relief. Yeah. yeah. Well, in a sense, um, that's why I decided to study homeopathy because <laughs> it makes sense. You know, that which wounds will cure. Yeah, and of course, the, under the Hippocratic Oath, it used to say, do no harm. And of course, these characters today are so well paid, they, and they see the effects of the and the side effects of their medications all the time. But they're quite content being the the, the financial prostitutes that they are, that they grab the cash and keep quiet about it. Uh, it's a totally corrupt system. And there is a YouTube uh, video up uh, there somewhere with Eustace Mullins, and he goes through the history of the American uh, medical system, the allopathic uh, medical system. And he goes through the history of the Rockefeller Foundation, which really were, they were the guys who started up this whole idea of how medicine is today and pharmacology and how pharmacology would basically rule. But he does it in a very precise uh, manner. It isn't um, guessing at anything. He brings out the facts and so on, dates, times, people and so on, who helped create this system on behalf of the Rockefellers that now is taught universally across the world, this particular type of medical care. Yeah. Well, the Flexner Report is what created the standard, so to speak, for what a doctor had to do or would qualify a doctor that was commissioned by the Rockefellers in 1910. Mm -hmm. And that made it impossible for anybody to be licensed to practice medicine, and therefore they would be arrested for, for fraud. Understand that any big business, and you'll see this with Rothschilds, Rockefellers, and all the rest of it, you must corner the market. That means making sure that no one else can come in with any competition or competing system. And that's exactly what they did, is to make sure they cornered the market, got the legislation through, easy enough to buy off the politicians since they already put them in there. But uh, that's what they did, and um, uh, all kinds of alternative medicines were pushed out the window immediately. And then Rockefeller, too, I don't know if you've read the story, and Eustace Mullins goes through it for the first cancer um, hospital and it, it was created by the Rockefellers in New York. And the guy they chose for it, literally in the 1800s, late 1800s, uh, he first practiced on his black slave. He bought her in order to, 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 to uh, do operations on her. That's the reason he bought her, and he killed her. And, and he killed a couple of people after that too. And, uh, this guy killed everybody he touched. 
And that's who Rockefeller put in charge as a cancer specialist, the first cancer specialist for New York and America. Um, One other thing that I wanted to mention was this vaccination thing. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. um, In order to even be a, a certified nurse assistant, you have to get a streptococcus B vaccination. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to go into nursing, there's a whole list mm-hmm. of vaccinations that you have to get. Yeah. And um, I almost feel like it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible, but to to be able to control the people that are supposedly helping to save people's lives. Mm-hmm. Well, they have done studies on on uh, medical staff. Uh, I know I know in Britain they did that, and they found that nursing staff had a much lower life expectancy uh, because they had all kinds of degenerative diseases would hit them around their forties and fifties. And it's true enough, a lot of them do. And I think it is from all the inoculations that they've had ongoing. But even the general population will have a lesser. But they still have the same risk of the especially degenerative conditions and allergic conditions because their immune systems have been not just compromised, have been destroyed. Well, I'm treating somebody who's been a maternity nurse for 26 years, and she's casting about everywhere for why she has all these phantom pains and this uh, crazy mood problems and collapse, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and she's you know looking for a disease. You know, like do I have Hashimoto's? Yeah. Do I have fibromyalgia? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, oh, yeah. It doesn't conform to any of those quote-unquote diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what happens. I mean, you understand, we're all different. We're all genetically a bit different from each other, and that's what makes us human, being different. And uh, physiologically, too, some people have a certain more of this and less of that. So the inoculations are meant for a standard group. Well, nobody fits into the standard group, so therefore there's always a big uh, bunch who get the side effects in later life, and they're generally permanent, too. But thanks for calling. We're back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and just before I go to Bob, I'll put up a link, all these links I put up to cutting through the matrix at the end of the, this particular broadcast, and I'm putting one up too on the BBC, the BBC, they call Ant Beeb, of course, the greatest brainwashing tool, I think run by MI5 and MI6 for years, run by the, again, the taxpayer through the government, is now, after years of basically being in bed with the U.S. State Department and the Pentagon, now they've married them, actually, because uh, the, the U.S. has actually put cash into the BBC. They're becoming partners in propaganda. So that's more efficient, I guess. We'll get, the, the, we'll get world propaganda news, not just about the U.S. and who's going to conquer on behalf of Britain or London, but we'll get the whole kit and caboodle wrapped up into one now. So it's awful nice to see them get married after being in bed all these years. At least they'll be very legitimate now and uh, more respectable. And we'll go to Bob from Texas if he's on the line. Are you there, Bob? Yes, I'm here, Alan. Can you hear yep. me? I can, yep. Oh, hey, super. Hey, I wanted to uh, touch on, you've got so many topics, it's, it's just not enough time to go into all this. And, yeah. Uh, anyway, they've been spraying heavy today. Same here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, in reference to your Walmart comment, 
Mm -hmm. I, I saw that on the Drudge Report earlier this morning, mm -hmm. and uh, I thought that was interesting that the CEO of Walmart would be calling yeah. economic shots here. You know? Yeah, isn't it, though? Isn't it? Yeah. it it's amazing. But it, when you think about it, uh, uh, think how they have lined up with the Department of Homeland Security. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you, and, you know, then you start thinking about this uh, lawsuit that they've got. I heard arguments on it on NPR going yeah. to work today. Uh, mm -hmm. And now they're trying to degrade this lawsuit that's been going on for 10 years. Uh, kind of sounds like there might be, you know, some, hey, you know, uh, good old boy stuff going, going oh, on. Oh, definitely. De Walmart has is, is got a charmed life, believe you me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, isn't that, you know, and I've been doing a lot of reading here, you know, you've encouraged me here, uh, you know, fascism, isn't that like uh, corporate uh, working with government? Government, that's right. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's kind of the uh, definition of it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, another thing, and this is just kind of going off on a, uh, on another thing that I've observed, you know, going into stores and so forth and seeing, and, and people, you know, watching people come into the store where I work, you know, their heads are buried into their Blackberries and, yeah. and their cell phones. It, it, it's like people are looking down. They are. They're they are looking right down. Yeah. They're, not, they're not looking around. They're not mm -hmm. looking up. But they're looking down, and they've got their little thumbs, you know, with their little thumb war thing going mm -hmm. on. And click, 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 click. And it's, you know, I, you, you try to wait on people, and they're, they're in a conversation with something stuck in their ear. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they're in another world. They are. In another world, and that was predicted uh, back in the 1960s by a professor from Canada who talked about this ether world they bring in of communication where people would forget how to, to talk to each other in person and how the ether, ether world would be more real to them than the real world. It's, it's already here. And, you know. and we've actually had to put signs up in the store to say, please, you know, have <laughs> courtesy and, and finish your cell phone con conversation before... Checking out. I mean, you can't even check people out. They're just, they're just involved yes. in, in what they're doing. I've actually had people passing me on the highway. I've observed them uh -huh. pressing texting. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, even in the movies that they get shown, people in cars doing the same thing, so they copy that, too. They so think many it's all normal. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're gone. They're, they're gone. Those people are actually gone. You know that. That's it. Yeah. But that's the end of the show. But thanks for calling in there. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your God's go with you.